Welcome to Try Not to Blink, a podcast about the ups and downs, ins and outs, news, tips, and tricks of those who live the optometry lifestyle. We'd like to thank the amazing people at Valley Contacts who have made this podcast possible. Makers of stellar gas permeable lenses and the oh-so-incredible custom-stable scleral lens. In case you're wondering, I'm on the East Coast. My name is Dr. James Diem, and I am joined by my talented co-host, repping the West Coast, Dr. Roya Habibi. What is up, Roya? Nothing exciting at all, Jimmy. Life, really? living, Boring. it's spring break. You're maxing, relaxing, chilling outside with your open eye, warm compress, your tear restore. Is that what you're doing? <laughs> I mean, I might as well. That's Isn't right. it unfair that as adults, we don't get holidays like we used to? Like spring break, summer break, winter break. I took a holiday. I, I It was a little while ago and I didn't say anything about it because, you know, obviously we didn't say you 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 can't go anywhere right now and be happy about it you can't share it with people you can't put pictures on facebook and show other people where you went it's this big secret um and so anyway i did i took a little holiday i went somewhere nice and it was warm and tropical and uh we had an absolute blast it was it was absolutely fantastic and so yeah it is it's sad you know you can't even even on a holiday take a holiday and experience it you know you can't even shove it in other people's faces it's really sad <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding i mean it is kind of true though it is a little shameful i'd say first of all you and i and your family have been vaccinated so i think that's, that's contributing to yep, allowing the economy to reopen and yeah. preventing the spread of the c-word but yeah. i think there is a point where we need to say like i respect I respect what's happening, but I also want to a have peace of mind, b relax, and c you know encourage our economy. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's a fair thing to say. Yeah, you can't just be afraid all the time, and that doesn't mean you don't respect the rules. But I don't think you should be afraid to travel, and I don't think you should be afraid so long as you're being safe and you know following social distancing guidelines to to do what yeah, you want to do and try and kind of be you know, normal or adapt to this quote unquote new normal. New normal doesn't mean be afraid and stay inside your house all the right, all the time. Right. No, no, it doesn't. But things are moving in the right direction. We've talked about, you know, vaccines and, and uh, new vaccines and uh, numbers going down and, and life is good. It's spring. Birds are chirping. Can you believe that? Green is starting to ago, pop up. One year ago, we yeah. were in total panic. I mean, Total panic. it was here yeah. in a week now. Didn't even talk to people. Didn't even look at people. I mean, we were, we live in a little neighborhood with like 10 houses. And I mean, you, you wouldn't even like, you know, I remember we just moved in to our development, our house. We just built this house and we literally just moved in. We were here for like a week. And um, I remember my neighbor like came over they wanted to give us something and they like threw it at me. They're like, <laughs> you know, they want to get too close. They like threw me this bottle of uh wine they're like here you know they like set it on the ground and they like walked away <laughs> you know like here this is for you it was so nice of them but yet like you know there are just things i'll never forget you know never ever 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 and feelings i'll never forget um you know and i i hope it never happens again but you know 
those feelings I, I think are so unique that I'll never forget them. You know, I agree. It is a really weird feeling to think about. I was, I was laid off of my job that I thought was secure. Yeah. I thought being in healthcare was a secure job that I would never lose. And I had no job and no idea on what to do next. Even though I know I have built myself a little, you know, reputation and I know I'm a good doctor. It's still, it was a really weird situation. And also it was weird to think that you were scared and I was how much I was hand sanitized. I mean, I still now sanitize and I still now I was thinking about this the other day, how much I clean the room between patients. And I was thinking like, why didn't I do that before? It's really not that bad. Like it is kind of gross, like sitting on the, I know I barely, I mean, I always wipe the phoropter down. I always wipe the slit lamp down, but I didn't wipe the chair. I didn't always wipe everything down. Cause like, why? Yeah, I didn't right. need that strong of a cleaner. But now I'm kind of like, well, why wouldn't you now? It's not that bad. It's not that hard. Kind of makes sense, right? It's not that hard. I don't get sick anymore. Like, why don't I wipe down my, why didn't I wipe down the airplane chair and the all the stuff on the airplanes? We all know the airplanes were always gross. They're grody. And now it's just obvious. Grody, why wouldn't Grody McGroderson. Yeah. But well, we that's have a, a pretty normal. exciting conversation you know, moving forward, thinking about new things, thinking about the things that we like. And uh, we've got some special guests here to talk to us about it. Okay. I like lots of things, but there are very few things that come in wrappers or little tiny boxes or uh, that don't have warnings from my local dentist that I don't like. And uh, so we were, of course, talking about some of these things, Roy and I, offline, our favorite candy. And uh, uh, she knew of someone who knew someone who took all of the worlds of, of candy and, and sweets and all things eyes and put them together. Uh, we are, of course, talking about Dr. Castellanos. And uh, she is in practice in Florida and uh, we are we are really excited to have her here tonight along with uh, Ken Doshmit and I probably said that wrong even though I've I've said his name several times before and he's been on the podcast several times also uh, representing uh, Tear Restore a fantastic new product that we are going to talk a little bit more about this evening, helping with my bovine gland dysfunction, evaporative dry eye, dry eye. Um, I think it does help with cavity reduction now that uh, we're talking about candy um, also. But uh, so so that's my introduction. Roya, what do you think? Are we ready to bring these two guys on, guys and gals? What do you think? So Jimmy made a stretch of a correlation here, but there is I a tried. reason everything he said <laughs> makes sense. And we're about to let you know why. So as Jimmy mentioned, Dr. Castellanos is joining us tonight as our extra honored guest. So she's pretty awesome in that she's done some pretty cool, unique, outside-of-the-box things, not only starting a practice, Infinite Vision Eye Care, five years ago, but also launched another uh, unique practice, Eye Candy, as he mentioned, where she pairs eyewear with sweets. I love it. And I have like 17 sweet tooth, sweet teeth. Yeah. Sweet teeth. So I really appreciate this. And so 
we want to go into this more. She also is in the process of starting another project called the Chiasm that we are going to go into as well. I want to know, and so do all of our guests, a little bit more about you. And Ken, Ken, you're here. Ken's here too. So we're and and you guys all learned about Ken, but we're going to pull Ken in uh, again. He is the uh, the 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 leader, the owner, the thought, the brains, and and uh, the brawn behind Tear Restore, of course. You know, revolutionary uh, meibomian gland dysfunction treatment, the open eye uh, warm compress, if you will. And uh, so we're going to circle back to Ken, but. Uh, Dr. Castellanos, where did you go to school? Where did you go to optometry school? I went to NOAA Southeastern University. I didn't want to leave Florida, like the weather. Most Floridians never leave Florida, I feel. Also the great um, culture and Hispanic population. Absolutely. Most Pennsylvanians never leave Florida. (laughs) That's... We're trying to keep people out and people keep coming in. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So what part of Florida are you from originally? I'm from Hialeah, Florida. Okay, it's now where, fair, where it's is like, that? It's like Little Cuba. It's um, uh, it's really close to Miami. Okay, mm-hmm. so you said about the Hispanic culture and and so forth. So can you expand upon that a little bit? What is your connection to Hispanic culture? What is your ethnicity? Well, my parents are both Cuban. Um, cool. They came here at a very young age, thirteen and seven, um, and I do have some Spaniard blood, but I grew up pretty much in a Hispanic community where people mainly, I would say 80% only speak Spanish. So I am fluent. I think I do an eye exam better in Spanish than I do in English, honestly. (laughs) Probably because people people speak Spanish so much faster than English. Exactly. Do you think that other slow Spanish speakers, because I don't really feel like that ever happens, even like, you know, you're not to be stereotypical, but like older person who just like, you're like, holding your breath for them to get two words out. Like, does that ever happen in Spanish? I feel like it doesn't. I think it does for me because I just think and speak very quickly. But uh, <laughs> but I think you're correct. But um, one of the things about my culture is that we love sweets. I mean, okay. I will right. take a arroz con leche anytime. Mm. Or a, arroz a, con leche. Or a churro anytime. And so oh, yes. I think that that's where some of my passion and love for candy maybe and I'm Maybe I'm out. Hispanic too. <laughs> maybe maybe we all have a little hispanic inside of us yeah. do Feel a little like 23 and me you might you might find out uh, cool so uh this is something that's been bred within you if you will that's just always been part of your culture part of how you celebrate part of how you do things right but people always ask like how did i come up with this idea like um the reason why i came up with eye candy was because i wanted a unique, a unique office. There's an optometry practice in every corner or an optical. I wanted people to pass by my store and be intrigued. What is that? I mean, who doesn't like candy? And if they, they don't like candy, they're not, they're not my patient. They're, they, they need to go somewhere <laughs> else. Wrong target. Um, okay. <laughs> so, so I was talking to Ken earlier and I said, you know, I was at Costco and you see people enjoying a buy, buying food. They just, I mean, they love holidays because of the food. And I mm-hmm. said, people usually don't think twice, you know, when they have to purchase a food item. But when they have to purchase eyewear, it's like a daunting, like, oh, gosh, I have to make this commitment. I have to spend all this money. So I wanted something that people could pass by, be intrigued and be like, hmm, a candy store. And then we're like, 
when was your last eye exam? Um, what is your insurance? And, you know, not entirely like that, but uh, <laughs> we, we try to really bring in the patient in a warm environment. We greet them. We allow them to feel like they could just purchase something that's a few dollars versus a $500 and still be part of our, our clientele. And when they're ready, we're going to be there to serve them with their eye care needs, whether that's uh, having a, a you know sweet experience, which I call an eye exam, um, <laughs> whether they're just coming in for a Rice Krispie treat with um, my brand on it, um, or where they're coming in for us. Is to that treat a visual them. field, or? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm or uh, or they might be coming in just for a dry eye treatment or myopic control, but we're we're we really want them to come in and feel like they're having this wonderful experience and they're building this memory that it's a unique memory and that they know that they're welcome to come there whenever they like, you know, just so, for a small purchase or a big one. So you, you started infinite vision uh-huh. and then now eye candy, are these separate? Are they like, is it two separate entities, different locations, or do you go to one place for your eye exam or can you get eye exams at both locations? Okay. <laughs> wow. For me, I had the choice of expanding, which I couldn't. The only way I could expand is a few miles down. And I retargeted myself to a different population in the area. Um, that store sees a lot of people from our town, which is a different population. They have a little bit more um, income and more education. And then my other office is pretty much a Medicaid, Medicare office that was built organically through referrals. And that office is more a budget-friendly uh, location. But both of them, we do treat, um, you know, we do treat a lot of dry eyes there. We focus on myopic control. And somehow or another, we focus on a lot of pediatrics. Pediatrics found me, I always say. Very cool. cool. Awesome. So talking about new practices and, you know, being a new pr- practitioner, what are ways aside from, you know, a totally new, you know, eye candy practice, how do you stand out? You sort of mentioned I, providing new services, kids came to you, but like, what are ways you try and get outside the box a little bit for providing care and also getting referrals organically even? I think that every eye doctor needs to sit down and evaluate who they are and who they want to treat and then find a niche. We can't be good at everything. I, I, I mean, <laughs> maybe I really try. Can. I do try. <laughs> Damn it. So, All right. Continue. Sorry. <laughs> Carry on. Do you have a niche? We're gonna make sure everybody here has a niche. I'll I keep going. I just keep going. Jimmy going has on. a couple niches. He's I like got seventeen niches. niches. Anyway, maybe, go ahead. Sorry. Maybe I'll inspire you to have your own niche now after this podcast. <laughs> I think it's a candy store now. After this, I am so ready to make one. I don't well, know if I have to talk to you going, about rights. I don't know. I know we're going off topic, but that's one of my ideas to franchise that store. But where everybody idea. stays. 
as an independent optometrist, not like a vision source, just where you get the business plan, the business brand, and we get to market together. Let's talk um, offline. I love it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so going back to niche, I, I think that we have to realize that we should have a niche. We should focus on treating the patient, making the experience an awesome experience for that patient and treating them as a doctor. The patient needs to see you as a doctor. If not, they're just going to go anywhere and think you're just a refractionist. And then why not just get a digital eye exam? So by you finding your niche, then you find the right products to bring into your practice. You know, you're in a, uh, from, from what I'm deducing, you're in an area that is, from what you're saying, saturated, right? You got a lot of competition. I mean, I mean, Do I, I? Don't, I don't know. I don't really know Florida, to be honest. I, I've gone, you know, a couple of times, handful of times. I don't really know it, but I know, you know, I know there's lots of folks there. I know there's lots of people that go back and forth. A lot of people snowbird down there from our area. Um, but, uh, you know, I've always heard there's lots of doctors there. I've always heard that. Um, and, and you're saying that as well. So one of the things that you just said, I thought was very interesting. You said they'll just go get a digital, digital eye exam or digital refraction or digital, whatever. That's not, that's not really, it's a thing. I know it's a thing, but it's really not a thing by me yet. And I'm not saying that it won't be, it, it will be, I'm sure it will be. Um, and, and, uh, you know, but I think it's good for our listeners to hear that, you know, this is, this is part of, you know, competition, if you will, not that we need to lower our standards to meet, you know, where that's at, but I'm just, you know, I'd like to hear why it is that that is something that you mentioned. Is that something you hear of, see patients oh. talk to you about what, what, why is it that you mentioned that? So in our area, there's some patients that they come from other countries where eye exams do not exist and dilation does not exist. So those patients are more drawn to digital eye exams because they don't, they're not educated what a real eye exam is. So I feel like you have one chance that that patient walks into your door that day and you have the, the power to teach them what a true eye exam experience is and what you could do for that patient. If you don't know that there's something wrong with you, why would you go get checked out? So we have to ensure that the patients understand the importance of preventive care and educate them in the importance of a yearly, or even more like I tell my patients, just because your insurance covers one time doesn't mean you don't need an eye exam sooner than then. Right. So I think that for us to change the world, we have to change ourselves. It's almost like the insurance plans. Everybody wants to fight against the insurance plans. Look at the insurance plan as a marketing strategy. Love it. Yes. Bring them into your chair. Then you get to do what you want with them. You know, right. you have you have to prove yourself. And that's right. what I'm telling all of these Step up and prove yourself to That's what I say patients. all the time. I say, I'm going to get you in my chair and I'm going to do what I want with you. But <laughs> I, I, one time somebody heard me say that and they kind of looked at me like a little bit crooked eyed. And I'm like, no, I mean, like, you know, myopia control and dry eye <laughs> treatment. Um, I don't know why they gave me that look. But anyway, um, <laughs> listen. Well, they remembered you. That's for sure. There you go. <laughs> so, they also uh, look out their like window, checking to make sure no one else yeah, is coming. They're peeping. <laughs> so you know, you talked about um, you know, find your niche, find your passion, you know, stand out, all of these things, and and um, you know, I'd like to hear. And I, you talked about pediatrics, and you have sort of like a boutique practice, and I think from the outside, you know, some 
doctors, some colleagues of us, of ours might look and say, well, that's not really a medical practice. They probably don't do a lot of dry eye there. They probably don't do glaucoma. They probably, you know, that's a, that's sort of like a, um, you know, a retail type situation, even though it's not, uh, but you know, I'm just saying, you know, what some, you know, probably condescending, you know, idiot colleagues of ours would say, uh, clearly that's not the case, uh, because you excel in all of these areas. And it's part of the reason why you have become so successful and built a following. But I'd like to hear specifically what dry eye means to you and how it is that you incorporate that into these different areas in particular, you know, the pediatric side of things you talked about that and, you know, just, just in general. So please tell me about that. You know, it's funny that you bring this up because I do have sometimes patients finding me through other app, other places like insurance or um, referred by another patient and they call me and they're right in front of my store and they're like, we can't find your shop. And even <laughs> though it says really big eye candy, I mean, um, eye exams. Uh, so I think that it's important for marketing to come in place and reputation, no matter what the place looks like, if you are an amazing doctor and if your staff is an amazing person, um, amazing, yeah, amazing staff, amazing people, then the person will understand that you are a doctor. I do go dress in my white coat. When the patient comes in, we let them know that we do that care. So I think it's really the way that you explain things to your patient. But I can see that. Now, you were asking about the dry eye center, how, how we go ahead and, and we put that into our practice. So we have two practices that are very close. And what's great is we have two different doctors. Uh, actually, we have three. And each of us specialize in different things. So sometimes we, we within our practice, tell the patient, I have another associate that loves dry eyes. She loves expressing the glands. I am good at it, but she's awesome at it. And we move the patient to the other location. And that's where we set up all our equipment. You know, retail spaces are very expensive. Real estate is expensive. So having the, the, the proper setup is important and having that transition with that patient is important. And our patients sometimes love it when we like refer them to someone else or like, wow, I'm getting the good one in the practice. <laughs> I think we've talked about this in many different episodes, but I think as optometrists, we're kind of bad at referring to other optometrists. Like we're, it's so easy to be like, oh, you have cataracts. You need to go see a cataract surgeon. But why don't we send to other fellow optometrists for, you know, I don't love to do, for instance, I mean, I'm, I do it, but let's say I don't like to do myopia control. Why don't I send to one of my fellow neighbor optometrists that does, or I don't really love treating dry eye. Why don't I send to one of my neighbor uh, fellow optometrists that I think does? They'll come back to me for their normal care if I'm providing great care. But send to someone who you know actually likes it so that they will get the best care. The chiasm is built on those fundamentals to not only refer to OMDs. Oh, I'm going to refer to the ophthalmologist. Stop. Take a few seconds. Is there an optometrist nearby that you have built a good relationship with that you know that you could refer that patient? You know, you could refer that dry eye patient, help that doctor build their dry eye practice, help that patient get to the right person instead of always just sending the patient to a specialist that might not send that patient back to you. And you know what I think it is, to be honest with you, because I used to work with an ophthalmologist for two years. And people would send me patients because I was under the umbrella of an ophthalmologist. And, you know, it's not the same. We have too big of eagles. And everybody needs to realize that just because you're not specializing in sclerals 
for, um, I don't really care to remove a foreign body. Doesn't mean you're not a good doctor. You have to look at and say, I'm really good at this and I'm going to do what's great for my patient. And I'm going to get my patient back because I'm sending the patient to the right place. And that person, I took time and I built a relationship and that's going to send me the patient back when it's appropriate. Yeah. But we don't realize that we're just going to keep, you know, dwelling, dealing and destroying our, our profession. Yeah. yeah. Not to sound yeah. overly dramatic, but. No, yeah. no, you're, you're right, though. You that's, a button. I, I like no, the I like it. Well, t- tell us a quick about the chiasm. What's, what's the chiasm all about? So the chiasm is a digital referral platform okay. and a network. And so what that means is instead of sending our referrals through that old fax machine, we're <laughs> going to be sending them through a digital referral platform. And what that does is it connects doctors to doctors, whether it's an OD to an OD, an OD to an MD, um, or a PCP or a pediatrician. And pretty much it's creating a synergistic connection between all doctors where we're gonna, you're gonna send a referral, receive referrals. You could track and you could coordinate, and you get re- medical records back. Um, one of the other things um, that we're doing is we're providing vendor discounts on that platform, um, which Tier Restore is um, participating on that platform, and they're giving all our members um, a free um, discount. Sorry, a hundred dollar discount towards a starter set. Um, so if they visit the website, they could find that. Very cool. It's awesome. That's a really great idea. I mean, there's so many times, you know, I'm with a patient and I'm like, you know, I, I'm going to get you hooked up with this doctor and, you know, I know them and, and we'll call right now or shoot them a text. And, um, you know, I, I do that and they're like, yeah, three months, <laughs> you know, like, and I'm like all set, like, you know, like just you know, because you can't get through the wall at the front or you don't get in touch with the doctor, you know, right away or whatever the case may be. But yeah, it would be nice to have a direct connection and, or, you know, a connection to somebody that can help. But, um, I, I think it's a fantastic idea and I, I hope to see it continue to grow. I'd love to be part of it. So, you know, keep me in mind and, uh, you know, on uh, social media, <laughs> let's, let's hear it. What are your handles? Um, at the chiasm. Is, okay. Is, uh, and Perfect. then I'm on also LinkedIn, the chiasm. It's a very unique word. So I don't think you're going to find a lot it. of them. What, what is your, um, uh, what is your, uh, why am I not remembering it? Uh, Roya, what's the what social, social media thing that, Oh, what's your TikTok name? <laughs> TikTok. Oh, okay. No. We need to get you on TikTok. That's you gave very me another important. things to do now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. So, we want to get to some discussion about, you know, how you started to utilize a particular dry eye treatment in your office. We, we, you know, uh, Ken was, was very gracious to be on our podcast, um, you know, a, a few months ago, told us all about, you know, the, the new uh, tear restore device that they have, uh, you know, gotten onto the market. Uh, lots of uh, early adopters were using it at that point, some early data from some study. And I think it's from some studies. And I think there's some data to share uh, tonight that's even a little more robust and powerful. But I'd like to just hear from you in a private practice setting, you know, a relatively diverse practice, lots of different things that you're doing, um, how it fit into your practice and why you adopted it. 
So one of the doctors that works with me loves dry eyes. So we started building our dry eye practice. And the first thing we did was we researched products that we liked and supplements. And we started educating each other on which ones we wanted to do and selecting them. So we created first, we have a mild, moderate, and severe dry eye package. When the patient comes in, they have a questionnaire, and then we examine them. Once we examine them, we find, you know, we combine their symptoms and their findings, and we discuss our treatment. The most important thing is the education that goes into this between you and your patient. It doesn't matter what you did in the exam. If you do not explain it to your patient, what you found and how you're going to treat it, that patient's going to lose interest and it's not going to come back. So we really sit down and we educate our patient at that moment. This is your treatment plan. We believe mild, moderate, or severe is a treatment plan for you. Um, one of the in-office treatments that I that that I really like to offer our patients is, I mean, I know both of you guys have had patients come in with size and they're so uncomfortable and they're like, just give me, can you just pop it right now? You? I'm like, I'm <laughs> like sure, I got anything. a rough, rusty uh, spoon in the back. I'll dig dig it out with. <laughs> That's I what know. I always say when they ask me that. They're like, oh, <laughs> all right, I'll do the warm compress, fine. <laughs> you know, at that point, you tell the patient, you know, come into our dry ice ball, and we're going to okay. go ahead, and we're going to give, we're going to do a 10-minute treatment to heat up your lids so that you're going to um, feel so much better. And then afterwards, what we're going to do is we're going to clean the lid margin. So we actually bring the patient back into the room, and we do a deep cleaning. So we call it a deep lid cleaning at the dry eye spa. And then the patient at that point has the option to come back for another treatment or purchase uh, the tear restore set, plus our other packages that we have. So when you do the the heat, you actually use the tear restore device. Is that correct? That's correct. So we we have it set up in, in a certain spot. Either the doctor does it or the technician, depending on how busy we are that day. And sure. and the patient flow. Sometimes we have the patient come back. Do you That's have a, a cushy little idea. cushy little chair, or is this an exam room, or how do you how do you make this work with clinic flow? Well, I wish I had a nice room that I could put like a cool song, like "Blinded by the Light." Okay, <laughs> but I don't have the space for that. So uh, we have two exam lanes right now. We have it in one exam lane. I would like to get another one in the other exam lane. Um, and then, and that's an infinite vision. I care. And the other practice, we, um, we're still looking for a space because it's a very small practice. Yeah. Cool. Cool. But I, I love the demo. Like it's, you're doing two things. You're treating the patient, but it's also sort of like a demo. Hey, you should get this. So patients kind of know, um, Ken, I'd be interested in hearing, uh, you know, you're interfacing. So what is your title? I'm sorry, Ken, I said you were, you know, all things tier restore extraordinaire, but what is your actual title? Yeah, I'm co-founder and CEO of tier restore. Um, happy to be back on. Uh, thanks for having me. Absolutely. We appreciate you joining us tonight. Uh, uh, so he is, in fact, the big cheese at Tier Restore. <laughs> and um, we uh, we are happy that you're here. Uh, so have you heard anyone else doing anything like Dr. Uh, Dr. Castellanos in this sort of like treatment or demo option? Or is that like a aha that you heard her doing that? And it's like, oh, that's that's brilliant. We should tell other people about that. 
Yeah, I mean, so we've, you know, like we talked about before, just launched in October of 2020. Um, and one of our goals as a company is to work with optometrists and ODs and to build out their dry eye practices. Um, so we've been, you know, talking to, to ODs the whole time. Um, and it actually came about where, where a lot of the ODs and innovative ones like Dr. Castellanos was, were doing this in office as a procedure and we're like, well, we should probably lean into that and, and offer it, you know, a package to them so that they can do that. And then they can also offer one to their patient at home. So that, that's really what, you know, inspired it. So to take a step back for all of our listeners who, you know, didn't listen to our last episode, which shame on them, but seriously, but just as a reminder, Tear Restore's product that we're mentioning is a warm compress mask. It's a really cool superhero-esque mask that uh, allows your eyes to be open and a very easy heating device. Let's call it a mask that you wear underneath that heats the eye with an open eye to the exact temperature that helps melt meibomian glands. Then you think, oh, well, it's not touching the glands. Why would that matter? Doesn't the eyelids need to be closed, et cetera, et cetera. But you guys have some study information, kind of a more formal study you've recently com completed at University of Colorado. Do you want to share a little of those outcomes? Unfortunately, we haven't finished that study yet. Um, Finishing. So, yes. <laughs> uh, sorry, sorry. COVID delayed us throughout basically the whole winter. Uh, so we're back up and, and enrolling in that study. Uh, but so far, we just have pilots. Um, but the pilots are, are very promising. Uh, we have a 30% improvement in lipid layer thickness objectively. Uh, and then we have a 40% improvement in symptoms um, on a modified speed survey. So and then in addition, you were talking about the, the heat contact, contact uh, and we've done thermal imaging to show that we are getting to the lid margin and heating up the correct spots on the, on the eyelid. I think that, that uh, image that you provided us, and we, can, we, can, um, we will provide that image for you all to see, was when I learned about it, uh, you know, the, the sort of like aha moment for me that, wow, okay, you can, you can actually have heat you know, on or around the eyes, but not have it on directly on the closed eye and still get heat where you want it to go. Um, and then, and then I think the other thing, you know, that I think about that is cool with, you know, this type of treatment is that we all know that the production of oil and the excretion of that oil onto the ocular surface occurs when we blink. Right. So when you have the mask on and you're doing what you're doing and it's heating and it's loosening up those glands and you're blinking, you are excreting those glands and expressing those glands naturally. You know, so, you know, and I tell my patients, you know, when they're using it is I tell them, give yourself good, meaningful blinks, you know, uh, you know, blink. I tell them blink with intention feel the blink <laughs> and um they uh yeah yeah because that's what they're doing they're expressing their glands on their own and um you know i think that that's obviously you can't do that when you're using a normal you know warm compress when your eyes are closed so there's there is that dual um functionality to an open eye heat that you don't get with a closed eye heat that i think is is pretty cool so the heat is getting there they have thermal imaging to prove it go ahead ken you were going to say something well i think we're skimming over probably the biggest part of this which is poor Let's compliance 
so I mean, what really inspired T-Restore in the first place was you you tell someone to do a warm compress, you know, chances are they're not doing it. Um, you no mean one... people don't listen to every word I say? <laughs> well, maybe they're lying a washcloth? A washcloth doesn't help? What? Yeah, exactly. No, one, once a month isn't going to help you. <laughs> That's absolutely right. Um, well, so with think... T-Restore, you know, you can build it into your daily routine. Um, they can make a cup of coffee, read a book in the evening, you know, do their daily daily activities uh, while treating their eyes. Yeah, yeah. Dr. I, Castellanos, what do you think about that? Is Have you seen that as far as uh, uh, compliance and, and uh, what kind of feedback are you getting from patients? That's why I like doing it in office first because you're proving to the patient that this product is great for them. They get to see the way... They, they, they're going to get to see the way they feel right after they use it. And they're going to learn the procedure too. A lot of times we send things home to patients and they're like, oh my gosh, how do I do this? Oh my so, God. It's, <laughs> All the time. It's, that's another low, conversation, right? Uh, low, <laughs> low vision devices. I had two today, totally off topic. But you know, I sit with a patient and I, very, I don't do a lot of low vision, but like to Roy's point before I do everything. <laughs> so, you know, here I am, you know, max TV, you know, screwing around with a five time telescope bioptic. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I'm like giving people high fives, taking pictures with them, posting them on Instagram because I'm changing this 90 year old's life. And then they come back and they're like, this sucks. You know, it doesn't work. I'm like, what are you talking about? We sat here for an hour and went over that. It was great. I changed your life. Don't you remember? Um, but yeah, you got to showing them how to do it and really walking them through it, right, is is uh, the gold. How do you really feel about that? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm going to circle this back. Frustrated. I think that I, – I don't know. I, I like to think about this a lot, actually. I think it's because when we're all in school, we're like shamed of the idea of industry and shamed of the idea of being like a seller or like, oh, like, oh, shit, like you can't pick brands, you can't this or that. But why can't you? I mean, I'm not trying to say like there's only one company that makes a good product of anything, right? There's a lot of good products. But as a doctor, someone comes to you for advice. And what they hope is going to be the best advice. And that's your job. And if someone comes to you and says, what's the best warm compress mask that you think? And you tell them a washcloth or what's the best, you know, lid cleanser and you tell them baby shampoo, then I'm going to be honest, shame on you. Okay. Because there are better products and you should know. And if you just say, oh, there's a lot of good things, go find something on Amazon. You're now setting your patient up for failure. And they're going to not trust you anymore. And you have to have, it doesn't have to be there. I, of course, I'm going to say this and Ken's going to be like, what are you saying? Like you just saying a brand is valuable to a patient. Obviously it's ideal to say the best brand because that's what they trust you for. But if you don't say the best brand and they're not getting help from you, they're going to eventually find the next doctor that's going to help them the right way. And they're going to get a good recommendation. And then they'll say, we've all heard this. Why haven't, why hasn't anyone ever said this to me before? Is this new? Like, why hasn't anyone ever, you know, whatever it is, fit me in a scleral lens. This must be new. And you're like, no, it's actually really, really old or whatever. Like, why hasn't this ever happened before? Because all you needed to do was give a recommendation. I feel like that's a soapbox. I like to go on a lot, but just giving a recommendation of a brand that you believe in is all that really the patient wants. Not just a generic, go wash your lids in the shower with your soap. 
tell them something that's actually has clinical data that's proven, just like you would say, like latanoprost is proven to lower your IOP by 30% per X, Y, and Z study. You do the same thing with other treatments. There's no reason why just because there's a manufacturer behind it that we should not say something, not say a brand that we believe in. There's a manufacturer behind everything. And where do you find in what industry do you find that there's not a salesperson? Because even in the hospitals, you're you're getting you're getting charged. You just don't see the bill until the end. You don't even have a choice when you go to the hospital. At least when the patients come to your chair, you give them the options and they have a choice. But if you don't give them the options, then how are they going to make the right choice? Yes, absolutely. Ken, can you walk through the tier restore process the tier restore you know journey if you will um as a patient can you just walk through you know so folks that are listening especially for the first time know you know they i think they can visualize yes it's open eye can you walk through you know sort of some of the science behind it and how you do it and everything yeah for sure uh so i mean first of all patients can get it at tierrestore.com or we're trying to partner with with doctors uh and we are, we have a lot of small wholesale options um, and great wholesale prices, of course, um, That's for, right. <laughs> for optometrists to, to buy and then sell uh, through, the, through their office. Um, but once the patient gets their product, uh, they're going to open it up and they have two heat packs within, within the uh, box that we send them. Uh, and what they're going to do is, is simply snap a little button when, within there, um, and that's going to flip it from a liquid into a solid and give off the predetermined heat uh, for a minimum of 10 minutes for, at a therapeutic level. And so what they do with that is they put it into their mask and slide it over their face, tighten up the sides, and they can continue their daily routine. Um, and then at the end, uh, you know, they've got two days worth with that, uh, and then they can reactivate both heat packs together by boiling some water. See, easy as that? Easy peasy. And so when you reactivate it, what then happens? So reactivating it is boiling it in water. And so that turns it okay. from a solid back into a liquid. Um, and then it's going to stay at that liquid state until you re-agitate it by clicking that button again. And then it turns into a solid, gets nice and warm, fills in the space between the the mask and, and the face, um, and, and it applies the heat. It's, it is unique and it is simple. But I think, yeah, it does take a couple seconds. Just say this is kind of the thing we're doing. Because I even got a little confused, you know, initially. And, and uh, um, you know, was like, oh, I'm heating it up. And then I put it on and, and we're good to go. Like, you know, you, you get this really neat first try and you click the button. And then it does this really cool magical chemical thing. And it gets warm. And you put it in the, the – uh, and then the heat, you heat it up every time and you use it. But that's not how you do it. You, you heat it up to reset it, and you use that little magic button to use it every single time. So, um, And then you could get more inserts. You were saying some folks get several in, extra inserts you know, if they want um, to have, like, for instance, enough to go like the entire week or, you know, right? You were saying that some folks do that? Exactly. Yep. So it depends on the patient, uh, but they can get extra heat packs to, to do it once a week and reactivate them all. Um, otherwise, the, the heat packs last 60 to 90 uses. So about every three months, you know, they're either going to come back to you for a dry eye follow up and be able to purchase some more heat packs. Um, or you can refer them to our online store as well, um, where you can set up an affiliate account um, and we can give you credit for those as well. 
So uh, I believe that we have a special offer, right, for our listeners here this evening. So we, uh, we're going to be talking about, you know, Tira Store for a couple of episodes here coming up. So you'll hear us chit-chatting a little bit more about it. And I believe they're going to be doing some pretty cool stuff at the Everything Dry Eye um, uh, virtual conference. conference coming up. Thank <laughs> you very much, doctor. <laughs> um, and so you'll want to be listening for some of the cool stuff that they have going on there, which is right around the corner. So take a look for that. We'll link that in our show notes, but, uh, what is the special offer that you have uh, for everybody, Ken? Yeah. So let me just first talk about how the, the process of working with doctors that we have. Uh, so within our online portal, you can go to tierstore.com, go to the portal. Uh, we have an ECP sample product uh, for only $19.99. Um, so for minimal cost, you know, we send you out a sample product to test it out yourself, test it on your, your spouse, test it on your patient. Um, difficult dry eye patients are our favorites. So I'm sure you can think of one right now. Um, and then after you try it out there, um, we've got small wholesale price, um, packages like the procedure set um, that you can, you know, test it out within your clinic, um, and then you can go full full wholesale from there. Um, for all the listeners, we have TNTB, uh, so try not to blink, um, is the code, and you get $100 off the, the starter set of products. Perfect. I'm so happy that we have that uh, benefit for our listeners. So definitely check that out. I want to circle back to Dr. Castellanos. And uh, uh, and I've said it, I think I've said your name at literally seven different ways by now. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, uh, I wanted to circle back to, you know, just the financials. You know, you said about how important it is to, you know, treat patients, you know, special and, and really try to build that relationship. But from a financial perspective, you know, tell us a little bit about that. I love being an optometrist. I love servicing my patients and giving them a great experience. But let's be realistic. None of us could be practicing if we're not making money. So we have to look to see where we could build different avenues and different revenue streams. And so that's why I really created, you know, one, the pediatric myopic control, and the dry eye spa. So a lot of people don't know, yes, this is not covered through insurances, which is even better because then you don't have to worry about the proper code. Did the claim go through? Did I have to do an appeal for like a scleral lens? When you set up a dry eye center or you set up um, a myopic control center, a lot of the codes that you're using are not covered. And so choosing you know, an office code or you could look up an S code and putting it in your EMR and educating your staff on how to use these codes and these procedures to sell these products and build them into your daily patient care, I think is very important. Absolutely. And have you seen that benefit? Have you seen the the upside of that? Is it all the hard work you're putting into it? Has it come to fruition? So we last year made a big, bold decision and we changed a lot of the things we were doing. And one of the things was we wanted to optimize inpatient experience. By bringing all these different um, medical cares and different options for our patients, we're actually seeing less patients and making the same amount of money every year. I mean, I think that's phenomenal. No, don't get me don't get me wrong. I'm not like rolling in the <laughs> door right now. My practice has only been open for six years, and opening a cold practice down here in Miami is unheard of. And I opened two of them, wow. but. I definitely like the direction that the practice is going in. I definitely like, you know, that the patients appreciate what we're doing for them. But I like the fact 
then we have another revenue stream. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think too, um, people get a little scared about whether it be upfront costs or feeling like they're, you know, being too retail-y. But I think that kind of like you were saying, patients appreciate that so much more. They not only appreciate you giving them advice, giving them a higher level of care, but also I think a lot of times like keeping things in-house as an option for in-office purchase is extremely nice for patients for convenience sake, right? Whether you refer them afterwards, oh, you can go buy some of this online afterwards, like some some of the different portals and whatnot you can buy online. But but people like walking out with what you say, because how many times has a doctor told you to do something, go buy something, and you're like, oh, yeah, I'll do that. And then you walk out and you're like, what did they say again? And it's gone out of your mind. Versus if you walk out and buy it when you leave, you're going to get it and use it. I, you know, I always look at Amazon. You have to look at Amazon and Starbucks. What do they give? They give patient, they give people convenience. I mean, their product might not be always great. Like Starbucks coffee is not awesome, but I can't stop going because it's so easy. Yeah. So we need to make this experience easy for the patient. When they're walking out of your practice, they probably already went on to think, oh gosh, I have to cook dinner. I have to do homework with my child. I have to pay these bills. I have to get ready for the next day. If they're walking out already with a treatment plan in their hand, then you're giving them an opportunity to actually really use it. And you're, you're being more like Amazon and Starbucks and bringing that convenience to that patient right away. Yes. I love that. And one of the things I wanted to say about, you know, people are always scared because when you get into a niche, there's a lot of costs associated, but I don't think that's correct. You could always build slowly. Every year I decide, okay, I'm going to invest in this product. I'm going to invest in, in building this part of my practice. You can't build it really all at once and be good at it. So try to see where you could build on your practice and where you want to invest just in the next six months and, and, and figure out if that's a budget that you feel comfortable with. And if it is, then go towards that goal. Love that. Awesome. I think too, it's like, it could be a small one thing, one new thing. Like unlike Jimmy adding 17 new things all at once, it doesn't always have to be that way. You could just do one new thing, see how it's working and then decide, do I keep it? Or like you don't have to commit for life. You can try something out for a little while and then stop. So I think all of our listeners, your homework for today is to try one new thing, one new product, one new treatment, whatever it is. Try one new thing and then check back in three months, see how it's going. Love it. Well, listen, doctor, it was so nice having you on the podcast this today, this evening, this day, whenever you guys are listening to us, uh, coming to us from Florida, sunny Florida, where oranges and the sun are prevalent. Uh, we really appreciate you taking the time and sharing all of your cool stuff with us. If you want to hear more from Dr. Castellano, she does lots of lecturing and, and uh, she's active on her social media. Uh, so check her out there and uh, maybe we'll have her back to talk a little bit more about her taking over the world with her eye candy uh, chain that, uh, you know, maybe uh, showing up in your, your neighborhood. So thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Well, that's it. Before we go, reach out to us for feedback, questions, stories, things you want us to talk about, either through email or on our Instagram or Facebook. 
We never depart without saying thanks to Valley Contacts for their support, both for the amazing lenses they make and the great people they are to work with. And be sure and tune in and listen to our next episode. But until then, try not to blink.